lot of my background has been in uh, city growth, city differentiation, what it takes to to actually transform cities. Uh, and it depends, you know, what, what it is that you're interested in. But if you can transform cities, you can transform society. Hello and welcome to the Impact Insiders podcast, the podcast that explores real-life examples of people and organizations that are making an impact. My name is Sophia Firas and I'm the Key Accounts Manager for Asia-Pacific at Relative Impact. I would like to introduce our guest for today, Chris Whelan. Chris is the Director of the Wellington Center of Business Excellence. He has had success in owning and managing businesses in retail, hospitality, IT and professional services, over 25 years of experience working globally with diverse people, systems and technologies, designing and implementing solutions. Drawing on his years of experience and expertise as a business coach and transformation specialist, we will be discussing the intricacies of business and how Chris helps families build their businesses in a sustainable way in the long term. Chris, thank you so much for your time today. Sophia, thank you so much. It's good to be with you. Mm. Um, Chris, I am, I've been told that you spoke at the Brisbane Global Cafe on city differentiation. Um, mm. Can you tell me more about that and how you got involved in that? Yeah, sure. Um, that was 2014, I think, Sophia. Essentially, a lot of my background has been in uh, city growth, city differentiation, what it takes to, to actually transform cities. Uh, and it depends you know, what, what it is that you're interested in, but if you can transform cities, you can transform society. Uh, in my previous role, when I was based in Cape Town in South Africa, I was the chief executive of a thing called Accelerate Cape Town, which was focused on growing the regional economy. And through that, did a lot of work there. And of course, in other parts of the world, speaking engagements, talking to people. And I was invited to, to address people at the Brisbane Global Cafe, which was set up quite cleverly, I think, by Brisbane in the week leading up to the G20 of 2014. And they wanted to really position Brisbane as, a, as an Asian city. So instead of focusing it on purely on Australia, they wanted to turn around and focus it north. So they invited 80 of us from around the world to talk about what it would take to, to transform a city. That's amazing. It was a lot of fun. And what was the attendance like? I'd imagine it was quite um, quite busy and quite full. Yeah, it was it was very interesting, Sophia. I mean, we had uh, now it might sound like 2014, so in nine years ago. Um, now, you know, autonomous vehicles may not be such a big deal. And EVs are clearly <laughs> not a big deal. Um, but we had the head, I'm pretty certain it was the head of BMW. Um, from sorry, the, the EV division at the time, talking about you know how do you get in and out of cities? Could you do a hub and spoke? He's a German guy, so it was much easier, I suppose, for him. You know, hub and spoke in and then you know share vehicles and that sort of thing. So we had those sorts of people. We had people from Canada, from uh, Spain, a couple of us from South Africa, as had people from around the world. But your question was particularly about attendees, and again, a very diverse range of attendees people coming to Brisbane for the G20, and then obviously coming in a few days early to, to talk about what it would take to differentiate cities. I, I had a fantastic time. People from New Zealand, from Australia, from around the world, uh, talking and all focused on, you know, what does it take to make a city a great place to live, work, play, study? 
Um, yeah, it was, it was a lot of fun. That's incredible, Chris. I think that must it must have been amazing to to have spoken about city differentiation and now to see the absolute change that has been going on around the world in terms of of, of city uh, differentiation. Um, so yeah, I mean, I think that's no, I think that's right. I mean, it's a, it's an interesting one because you know typically history will tell us that that to transform a city to sort of go from you know A to B is a generational thing. It's a 20, 25 year thing. We've seen it in Cape Town. We've seen it in places like Barcelona uh, with the Olympics. They use that as a catalyst. Uh, we've yes. seen it in places like Curitiba in Brazil. And so it's interesting to, to look around the world. And there's plenty of examples that I haven't mentioned. Um, Wellington, where I'm living now, you know, we want to make sure that this is a growing, vibrant city. And when I say interesting, I keep using the word but there's a thing called the city vitals. Now, it's not my idea. It's, you know, I, I've stolen it from people in the US. And essentially, those city, the, the things that are vital to make a city grow, uh, talent, you know, attracting the right talent, being connected, talent, connectedness, innovation, and distinctiveness. And it's interesting looking at cities around the world through those lenses. What are they doing to attract people? What are they doing to be connected? Uh, we see you know, some people are saying go public transport. Other people are saying roads. Uh, the two are not mutually exclusive, I don't think, but uh, it's just interesting to, to look at that. And, and then interesting as well for me as a business person to look at the economic impact of that over, over a 25-year period. So, yeah. It's, and, of course, when I say economic impact, it's not just numbers on a page. It's actually it how, it's how it affects people's lives. Uh, it's the jobs yes. that it creates. It's the opportunities that it creates. So that's certainly my motivation. Yes. And I... And I suppose, you know, countries are quite unique, but in this, in the same sense, there, there's a lot of um, countries or cities that are quite similar um, in that aspect. Yeah. Far away from, from what you actually do. <laughs> so can you tell me how you got into coaching, business coaching, um, and what, what it is you, you do? Sure. I mean, Sophia, I started, uh, I have a business degree um, and a master's in well it's a master's in philosophy but it's in, in foresight so my business degree is is a broad leadership degree and then my master's was looking actually my thesis was on how to use going back to the city thing how to use technology to transform cities and transform societies so <clears throat> that was a couple of years a, a couple of decades ago and over the past two decades i've worked in africa I've worked in europe i've worked in uh, asia pacific uh, the us and it's been really opportunistic in some ways because I've had great chances to meet with different people, different challenges, uh, different opportunities, heaps and heaps and heaps of learning through all of that. And I've been very fortunate uh, to hold a number of senior positions. When I was with Ernst & Young, I was the Chief Knowledge Officer for Asia Pacific, based out of Sydney, um, with teams in China, teams here, teams in Australia, 15 countries basically across Asia Pac. Um, and I've had a couple of chief executive roles. Now, I say that not to, you know, big up it or make it sound important. I only say that because what it's given me is a diverse range of experiences, a diverse range of perspectives, and a, I want to say a passion, but a, but a real love for different people's perspectives. You know, you and I can agree on something, we can disagree, but that all brings a richness and it informs what I do. Uh, so you asked the question, you know, why do I, you know, what, what brought me to coaching? It's all of those different experiences. It's the fact that I have this master's degree in, in future studies and 
perhaps more important than any of that is that I'm massively motivated, Sophia, to, to create prosperous communities through business. Right? What do I mean by that? I mean by creating business opportunities for people. Um, you create, create a profit, that profit gets circulated in society, and I believe that business growth creates massive opportunities for all of us, and, and that's really why I do what I do. Um, business and leadership coaching for me is really the how of, of, of creating those prosperous communities. Um, and, you know, I think that good leaders have an have a opportunity to do things differently, do things better. Uh, I mean, I don't know, maybe an example would help you. I'm working with someone at the moment. I've been working with them for a couple of years. Uh, a small business. They've gone from, in those two years, they've gone from having seven employees to having 23, I think maybe 24, they've just employed at 24. So whatever that is, at 17 new employees, their revenue has gone up by 67%. Now, that's not, again, anything other than it's good for them, right? So business, creating business, and creating 17 jobs. Now, I probably sound like an evangelist, but that's 17 families that have got income. That's 17 families whose kids can go to school. That's 17 families who can go down the road and buy shopping, uh, you know, all of the things that we all need to do. So you asked how to get into business coaching. My background has informed a lot of what I do and my motivation to create prosperous communities um, through business, because I think business has got a massive role to play. Uh, that's, that's why I do it. And I, I have to say, it, it's, is it a job? Well, I don't know. I, I love it. So it's almost a passion rather than a job. You're absolutely correct. It's it's lovely to hear that you have a love and a passion for what you do. Um, it's very seldom that you hear that these days. And, and you're absolutely correct. I, I do believe, especially in New Zealand, where we're a country that runs on SMEs, it's so important to have those businesses prosper and, and do well within the community to help everybody out. Um, now, I have a particular question. Um, how exactly do you do what you do, how do you help these businesses create these prosperous futures? Yeah, I mean, it, it's a, again, I, I think it's a fairly simple process. Um, if you ask me, you know, Chris, can you, can you fix a drain or can you lay a drain or can you do gas fitting or can you put a new roof on a house or, you know, the answer is no, that's, that's not my strength. It's, it's not something I do well. But if you ask me, can I run a business? The answer is, is yes. Do I know the, the structures that are needed? So for me, it starts with a conversation with someone. If it was you, I'd say, Sophia, what is it you want to do differently or better? And where do you want to get to in the next five or 10 years? And why do you want to get there? Why is that important to you? Once we've decided that, then we'll put strategies in place to help you get there. And it might be around revenue growth. It might be around getting new leads. It might be around reducing your, your costs. There's a lot of tools that we can apply going through the 101 stuff, then it's a question of testing and measuring it. And the people I work with, and I have to say this about them because they are fantastic. I mean, you know, you start attracting a, a tribe to yourself that, that actually thinks in, in a particular way. The people I work with, Sophia, spend time between our coaching sessions, between our leadership sessions, between our engagement, they spend time doing the work. Um, and they keep on learning, right? They, you can see behind me, there's a couple of books there. I'll, I'll give those books to people while lend them to them, or they'll, they'll recommend a video or something. So they keep learning. They do the work. We put in place um, fairly proactive dashboards, absolutely essential to test and measure things. And we keep 
rechecking. Now, all of that might sound a bit dry and a bit boring, but imagine if you were sailing. Right? I don't know how well you know Wellington, but if you were sailing across the harbor and you set your, your goal, so that's where you want to get to. And then you get on your boat and you start sailing. But then the wind changes direction. right? So you've got to test it. You've got to measure it. That's the KPIs that we use. And we adjust because the simple reality is that no strategy you know, ever survives first contact. And so I'm there to help them navigate that change. I'm there to help them understand, get an outside perspective, sometimes literally lift their head above the parapet. Um, but one or two people at the moment that, you know, COVID has been an absolute smash to their business. They really, really battled, revenue down massively. Um, and I'm a, I'm a business leadership coach, but part of that conversation is then helping them just get a bit of a different perspective. Um, everything starts with a, with a thought, you know, so if they want different outcomes, they've got to change their thinking. Now, that then starts touching on, on things that one might say aren't strictly numbers and, and sort of metrics, but they're about people. Right? It's about helping people think differently, do differently. So, you know, it's, it's all of the above. I, I don't know if that answers your question or if I, if I deviate oh, a bit. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. You must have spent quite a bit of time putting together these strategies and, and putting pen to paper of, of everything that you've learned and transferring all your skills that you've learned over the past 25 years to try and create mm. this package for people because not everything's a, a copy-paste, right? So not sure. how long did it take you to figure out this is what you wanted to do and start this business? Well, I hesitate only because, you know, there's nothing new under the sun, Sophia. Uh, we all think that we, we're unique and we all think we're special. And every now and again, you've got to remind your clients of actually, you know, you're not that special. Or, or more particularly, the circumstances that they're in, they all think they're totally, there's no one else in the world that's like that. You made a comment earlier that New Zealand is a, is a country built on SMEs. And it's true. Um, what, you know, a person in the, in the building industry is experiencing will be different than a person in the legal industry or in the healthcare sector except that some of the problems that they'll have are also dealing with people. So, mm. yeah, they are commonalities, firstly. Secondly, um, I've got, you know, you made a reference earlier, I've got 20, 25 years of experience, and that helps. Some of the stuff that one gets to, or that I get to, is almost not conscious. You know, it's, it's unconscious competence, if you like. Um, having said that, Again, those books I've referenced behind me, there's a couple lying on my second desk that you can't see at the moment. Um, I've said that the people I work with keep learning. And for me, that is absolutely crucial for myself as well. So I don't stop studying. You know, yes, I've been to university. It doesn't make me clever. It just means I worked hard. But I keep curious. I keep trying to learn. Um, you know, there's a, you can see behind me, there's a couple of posters there. You can see the Action Coach. I'm part of a global network of more than a thousand coaches around the world. Um, and a lot of that IP I share with them, and they, more, particularly, more particularly, they share with me. I have my own coach. So if I have a question that I can't answer, I'll go to him. Now, there's a network. As I say, that thousand people around the world is a lot of, you know, if each of them have got 20 years' experience, you know, that's 20,000 years. Um, but the point being that we learn from each other, we keep studying ourselves, we bring, <coughs> excuse me, our own uh, richness to the body, um, and 
I also think that our clients are, are you know, often very, very switched on in their particular areas. So the learning is two ways. Um, and again, if a person's curious, and I am, if a person's interested in, in learning new stuff, and I am, and more particularly, perhaps, you know, given that I enjoy what I do, it's not difficult to keep to keep learning and to keep wanting to new, know, know new stuff. So, yeah, that's uh, all of that comes together, hopefully in a, in a good package that adds value to my clients' lives. It's, it's absolutely critical to keep learning. And um, mm. someone once said to me that life is a university and you need to keep <laughs> drawing things from your experiences and wanting to learn and, and going out. And, and you're absolutely right. And I'm sure knowing that these companies and these families are keen and and hungry to learn more helps you help them and yeah, and i'm does. sure you've also noticed you know over over covid and i'm glad you brought it up it it must have been really difficult for people to find that uh, adaption and that change and that mm. hunger to learn over such trying times, did you find it it changed your style and your way of doing things as well? Well, again, I'm a I'm a glass half full person. I think COVID, you know, please understand, I'm not suggesting for one second it was a good thing. It wasn't. It was awful. Um, the only but that I would put in is that it gave us a gift, and the gift is of innovation. You know, I, I tend to look at things as two, you know, opportunity and and, and challenge are two sides of the same coin. And the gift that COVID gave us is massive innovation. So the fact that you and I can have this conversation uh, on Zoom, I'll give you an example. My wife is, is a healthcare professional. Uh, prior to COVID, everything in the health space, well, not everything, that's not true. Everything she did in the health space was face-to-face. -to -face. Today, that's not the case. Um, she does some of her work over similar things, Zoom or Teams. What does that mean? Well, it saves time. It's frictionless because there's no travel time, that sort of thing. But more importantly, her patients can not have to travel. Many of them are in, you know, significant, traveling would be a significant hindrance to them. But now they can get expert care and they don't have to travel. So, yes, COVID absolutely did some bad stuff, devastated the world in many ways. And I think we're going to pay that price for years. Uh, I do think that you know some of the, the, the governments around the world took will have long-term consequences, obviously, but there are also gifts coming out of it. Your question about how did it affect businesses and how did it affect people's thinking? Um, I had a client, in fact, I, I met with her yesterday. Uh, her revenue over that period went down by something like 95% um, from 2019 to 2020. You know, that's not a, that's not a, um, again, a number on a page, Sophia. That's someone's livelihood. That's someone pulling money out of their mortgage to survive, to make their business survive, to keep her employees. And in that space, you know, we took some seriously drastic steps to get her business, to keep it running, and also had to spend time together, um, less about the business, more about the person, Less about the, I mean, clearly the numbers are important and clearly that's what I was there for, but also to, to provide a, a sounding board for the person because, as I said, that's not just a theoretical thing. That's, that's someone's livelihood and it's very important to, to address that at, at a human level. 
Um, and I, I think we do tend to forget that as well, especially when you're, when you're struggling and, and striving to achieve something and it's just not happening and, and well, talent times, is just coming at, at you. At times, I think there's a, there's a view that, that business is, is this nebulous thing somewhere over there. <laughs> one of the things, I mean, I, I've, I've worked in, in big corporates. So I've worked around the world. And at times, in some of those big corporates, there's a risk that employees become just that, they become employees. One of the things that I really love, Sophia, about, about working with small and medium enterprises, and I mean, I still do corporate consulting but, and leadership work, but working with small and medium enterprises is that the runway is very short. So if you do something today, it has an impact tomorrow. If something happens in the economy, COVID comes along, it impacts people immediately. And so one really, I know every business in the world says people are the most important asset, but in a small and medium enterprise, that's never truer than in that environment. So, you know, you can't afford to take your eye off that ball at all. Absolutely. And coming back to your KPIs as well, having a goal to reach and having those um, goals and those objectives uh, measurable is so important. That's something that we believe in 110% at Relative. So I 100% agree with you on that. You know, it's so important about, to, to measure your outcomes. And the interesting thing about goals is that it, it becomes your compass. It becomes the, the, your true north. Because once you've set the goal, you drive towards it. And the reality is that everything you measure, you can manage better. And just by the act of setting the goal and then measuring it, it actually changes behavior. So in fact, if, you, I mean, if you're interested, jump onto my website. I wrote a paper a little while ago on, on goal setting and, and why it's important. Uh, and it's not to become a slave to the goal, but it, is a, it, it certainly sharpens the focus. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I, I will do that. Thank you. I'll absolutely jump on your website. Mm -hmm. I have had a bit of a gander, but I'll, I'll look at right. it more intently. <laughs> Chris, you and I could honestly go on for hours. You, I find our conversation extremely interesting um, and I'd love to continue, but I know you don't have all the time in the world. Um, so I'd just like to thank you very much, Chris Whelan, for this fascinating and informative discussion. This has been an Impact Insiders podcast powered by Relative Impact. Subscribe to the podcast to make sure you don't miss future episodes. For more information about Relative Impact and the work we're doing, check out our website and sign up to our newsletter to get updates directly to your inbox. Thank you, Chris. Absolute pleasure. Have a good evening.